Welcome to Living Hope Podcasts. If you want to learn more about Living Hope and our ministries, you can find us online at livinghopecrc.ca. We hope you appreciate today's message. At this point, you're invited to open up your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, we're going to be continuing in our series, as I mentioned earlier, uh, growing in hope together through Jesus. And we're going to be uh, focusing in on this uh, together aspect today. And we looked at Ephesians chapter 4 a few weeks ago, or Pastor Ken did, and used this image of uh, relational atrophy, how our muscles can have this uh, thing where if we're not using them or we're in a cast for a while, the, the muscles shrink and we need to do these exercises to bring them back. And for those who are still joining us at home and those that are just more recently starting to gather at church again, uh, that there's these relational muscles that, that we're needing to, to put into practice that, um, that may need some of these exercises. And I've found this passage to have particular relevance in the last few weeks. Um, After hearing the provincial announcements regarding the vaccine passports a few weeks ago, I just noticed this has challenged our families, this has challenged churches. What what does it mean to be together? And I also want to recognize that this passage would also just have the same relevance two years ago. Um, We it does, regardless of how the pandemic has affected us, uh, this passage in Ephesians chapter 4 reminds us of the things that we need to work on to be a community, to be people who draw together. And that means um, that we need to get rid of some of the, the, the bad stuff, uh, that we need to work on some of the good stuff, and this draws us towards the joy of being together, of being a community in Christ. Uh, with that, uh, I invite you to um, prayer before we read God's word together. Almighty and gracious Father, the true understanding of your holy word helps us to grow into the fullness of the salvation you so freely offer in Christ. Grant to us that our hearts may hear and grasp your holy word with all diligence and faith that we may rightly understand your gracious will to cherish it and live by it with all earnestness to praise you and honor through Christ our Lord. Amen. So I'm going to be reading from Ephesians chapter 4, starting at verse 17. I was going to read the whole chapter, but 17 through chapter 5, verse 2. And just something I want to note about going into chapter 5 here, uh, that these chapter markings were put in afterwards, and depending on what translation you look at, I know the uh, TNIV, the newer version of the NIV, includes this in the same paragraph. Um, And you can tell there's a lot of continuity in what Paul is saying beforehand. So we'll be reading all the way to chapter 5, verse 2. So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, 
they have given themselves to the sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you have learned. When you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance to the truth that is in Jesus, you were taught with regard to the former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, and to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Those who have been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgive each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So about eight years ago, I had surgery on my left shoulder. One of the main reasons why I decided to get surgery on it was because I really love playing volleyball. And I just couldn't play anymore. It was, it was too sore. Whenever I tried to hit the ball, it would just send shooting pain around here. So I went to a specialist. And over time, they, they kind of did the MRI-type things. And they found that I had some tissue growing uh, around my superior labrum, uh, this tendon that, that holds the shoulder in place. And they told me that I needed surgery for that, that I needed to actually get rid of some of that tissue that was blocking it, that was preventing me from doing the things that I loved to do. Uh, in, in this passage here, Paul is telling the church in Ephesus that they need, to get, they need to get rid of something. They need to clear something out in order that they can do what they love. They were made for this joy of gathering in as a community but they had all these things getting in the way. And they, they needed to get rid of the things that were causing separation. Uh, getting rid of things comes up, and it's highlighted here, particularly in verse 31. It says, get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, 
along with every form of malice. Paul's giving some pretty practical advice here. Uh, Earlier on in the book of Ephesians, he's more theoretical, doing more theology and talking about who God is. But here, he's giving specific advice to the church. He's looking at a community that's harboring bitterness and anger. I don't know, like it says they were brawling. I don't know what that would have looked like back then. Uh, But they are they're having these things and they're not dealing with it. And he's saying, these things are harming you. These are blocking you from doing the things that you are created for. I remember when um, I was waiting in that time. Uh, I was getting a lot of people to look, a specialist to see what was happening with my shoulder. Um, And it took them uh, three years to kind of figure it out and for them to tell me what was wrong so that I could actually start working on it. Uh, You need to have a diagnosis of what the problem is before you can actually begin to work towards healing. And Paul here is giving a diagnosis to the Christian community here in Ephesus. Paul is recognizing what's lurking in this community. People are bitter towards one another. They're they're letting their anger sit without dealing with it. And Paul says they need to get rid of something. And this is hard. It's hard to get rid of these things because it's painful. One of the reasons why I think that the surgery example fits well uh, is because to, to scrape away the extra tissue that was growing around the, the tendon, that that involved a pretty painful uh, surgery, but also the exercises afterwards to, to stretch it. What Paul is talking about here, uh, there's a kind of a theological word for it called sanctification. Uh, and this is basically a, a big fancy word of, of growing in imitation of God. You see this comes up a couple of times in our passage of growing in the likeness of the righteousness and the holiness of who God is, and that this is a painful process to work through. It involves carving away of what can be confused with your very self. It involves going down to your deepest desires and peeling away the things that have woven tightly within you. The image of sanctification means getting rid of the bad stuff because this anger and bitterness can block us from living into a people of love. Um, The the fact that sanctification is is painful is something that has been long recognized in uh, the Christian community, and there's been kind of theological speculation to why, um, why it's this lifelong thing. Uh, We are always called day to day in this journey of sanctification. And one of the things that they have noted or or speculated about was that perhaps to do this all at once would be too painful, too much for us to handle. And that's why we're brought into this lifelong journey of growing into the likeness of God. A great image of this process um, comes from C.S. Lewis's uh, series, the Narnia series, um, specifically in the book *The Voyage of the Dawn Treader*. Uh, there's this boy named Eustace. Uh, Eustace is not 
a great uh, person to hang around with. He is greedy um, and just pretty unpleasant. Uh, and it comes to a point where on, they're on this journey and they go to this island and he works his way into a cave and there's this treasure there before him. And he thinks, well, I, I can use this treasure to be rich. Um, I can... Once I'm rich, I can get revenge on all the people that were mean to me. So as he's gathering these things, he puts on a bracelet, and that turns him into a dragon. And here we have poor Eustace turned into a dragon, and he can't get rid of that bracelet. And he's realizing that he is going to be alone. He can't communicate to the people um, that he was on the ship with. And along in the midst of this, um, Aslan, uh, the lion comes. This is the, the figure in the book that represents Jesus. And Aslan lets him know that he has to get rid, he has to shed that dragon skin that he has. So he tries and he, he scratches away at it. And he tries it three times. But when he looks back down at himself, he's still a dragon. Uh, and then Aslan asks if he can give a try. If, if, if his claws will, or if he was willing to have Aslan's claws do the work. And this is how he explains it in the book. Eustace says, I was afraid of his claws, I can tell you, but I was nearly desperate now. The very first tear he made was so deep that I thought it had gone right into my heart. And when he began pulling off the skin, it hurt worse than anything I have ever felt. Well, he peeled the beastly thing right off, just as I thought I had done myself the other times, only they hadn't hurt. And there it was, lying on the grass, only ever so much thicker and darker and more knobbly looking than the others had been. Uh, that, that, that image that... C.S. Lewis gives there is a reminder of this hard work of sanctification, that, that ultimately we are unable to do it ourselves in the midst of our, our clawing away, but it involves submitting ourselves before Christ. It involves confronting some of these painful realities that we're made aware of in light of his grace, that, that we take our, our bitterness or our anger before him, allowing Christ to speak to our hearts, as painful as this may be, uh, so that we can be our true selves. Our passage puts it this way, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Uh, this process of sanctification, well, well, it is a painful process. It's not one of contorting ourselves into something we're not made to be. It's one of recovering what we are created for, that we live into the joy of the wholeness uh, that comes from living as a community, being in communion with God, being in communion with one another. As we look at what it means to grow in hope together through Christ, 
and we see that it demands that we need to rid ourselves of something, one of the things that we can ask is, are we willing to do this part of what it means to grow together? Now, of course, uh, it's not all about uh, getting rid of the bad stuff. There's also building up strength. Uh, Back to the example from my shoulder. Uh, After the surgery, I had to do all sorts of different little exercises. I remember I just had to do these like little circles. And as I got stronger, I could like use a soup can. I'd be on my back and trying to bring my arm back into stabilizing so that I could, again, do the things that I love to do. Paul, here, um, he's giving the Ephesians some exercises as well. He's kind of like a, a physiotherapist of the heart. He's giving them reminders of the exercises they need to do to live into health again. Right after the, the passage that we looked at of what they need to get rid of, he says in verse 32, to be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Follow God's example. And verse 32, um, earlier on in the passage, in verses 1 and 2, it has a similar phrasing. I urge you in a life worthy of the calling you receive, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. I look at these things, and I kind of hear uh, the words of my, my physio like when, when I would come there maybe a month or, or two months of after not being there and just encouraging, like, do your exercises. You, you haven't been faithful in doing them. You're not going to return to being able to do the things that you love unless you engage with these things, unless you do the things that we need to do to strengthen ourselves. These are the things that we need to work at over and over again. We take these exercises home for us as well. Uh, Take uh, humility, for instance. Uh, I think humility is a particularly challenging thing um, in the midst of the pandemic, particularly. Uh, There's a lot of people who have um, varied opinions on things and the way that we can guard ourselves and our opinions is often to be on the offensive. Uh, So before anyone says anything, we can make sure our opinion gets out there or we can be on the defensive and set up kind of our walls. And in each case, both of these kind of demand that that we kind of posture ourselves and bring a certainty behind uh, the things that we are wrestling through. I see this, oh, for some alliteration here. Uh, You find this on personalities online and on TV with uh, preachers and politicians and podcasters, maybe just regular people, uh, the four Ps there. Um, Trying to just get an audience in having the right take on what's going on in the world. Uh, I've seen this, this posturing, whether it's on the offensive or defensive, uh, put a lot of strain on families. I've, I know this has been a hard thing for a lot of church families as well. And, and I'm not really sure uh, what to make of it, uh, other than to bring the reminder that's in God's word here. 
to be completely humble and gentle and patient, bearing with one another in love. I like that language of bearing with one another in love. You don't have to bear with someone when it is easy. This is assuming that there is a struggle in this community in Ephesus. So another challenge for us today. Are we being gentle and humble? Are we being patient, bearing each other in love? Are we diligently doing these exercises as well. And this is not uh, so that we don't share our, our opinions or what we believe to be is true, but that we can engage in all of our conversations with this posture that Paul's encouraging. Um, I know that I needed my physio to give me these reminders time and time again, and Paul here is giving them a similar reminder. Uh, th- these aren't new exercises for us. So perhaps the encouragement um, that's appropriate for us here is for us to keep it up, uh, to keep doing your exercises, build up our range of motion, build up your strength and your tolerance, move towards this joy of being a healed people together as we grow in hope together through Jesus. And that's because that's what our goal is. Our goal isn't simply that we build strength for the sake of being strong. Uh, We build our strength to work towards joy. We build our strength to work towards the the joy in living into the wholeness that God had created us for, that we are made for community. When I uh, was doing uh, my exercises, it was for the fact that I love doing this sport. I wanted to be able to return to that. It wasn't just for the sake of being stronger. We, as humans, are created for community. We're not meant to live as isolated individuals. We are meant to be with others. In fact, our identities themselves um, are not just held alone, uh, but our identities are built um, in the context of community. As much as we want to be in control of these things, we know who we are based on how we are in community. Uh, Just an example of that, because that's getting a little abstract. Um, If you are in a community and you feel like you're being ignored or if, if you've been bullied in a community, that, that speaks towards your value of yourself. Uh, you're being implicitly told that you have little value, and that can be a hard thing for your identity. And, and on the other side, uh, there, there's a positive side of it as well. Um, I know in, in my family, my, my grandpa had uh, dementia for quite some time, and in the midst of that, my grandma's consistent care for him Um, preserved this sense of identity, this value, that he was someone that was worthy of receiving love, that he was, um, that they had this value and worth uh, because of the love that was being shown to him. Now, for many of us, 
uh, it's, it's something that we don't like to recognize, that part of our identity is held in community because it gives us a bit of lack of control. I think it's a bit of a, a countercultural thing because often we like to think our identities are held deep within us. Uh, our identities are defined by our desires and the things that we want. Um, but this is recognizing that part of it is outside of ourselves and that this is, again, how we are created. And this is part of the joy of being called to be part of the church. Uh, we're called to enter into this community and live life together the best we can through Jesus, that in and through Jesus um, working in us, we can experience this joy. So uh, when we, uh, as a community, look at the things that we need to get rid of, uh, when we look at ourselves and we see the need to get rid of the bitterness or anger, this is giving us also the space uh, to live into the harmony um, and a glimpse of what we were created for. When we, in the equipping of the Spirit, uh, do this hard work of, of practicing humility and patience and bearing with one another, again, we're, we're helping create this context for flourishing of being a people who are together. So as we grow in hope together through Jesus, the last challenges that I want to send your way is what exercises are you prepared to do for yourself? Whether you're already back here on Sundays or whether you're still joining us at home, are you allowing bitterness to fester? Are you prepared for that, that painful work of getting rid of some of these things. Whatever is harming our ability to gather as community. Um, one great thing about this too that I, I want to mention is that we can work on these things as a community. Uh, I've heard of other churches have a, a Bible buddy system where there was people that were just checking in to see, are you reading scripture? If you are, uh, what are you gathering from it. What is God teaching you? Uh, we had this initiative of the side-by-side uh, -side ministries, which is a, a similar sort of thing, where we just have someone else that we can be paired up with that checks in. What are you learning? How can we be praying for one another? Uh, do we have someone like that in your life? Uh, do, you, do you have someone that you encourage in this community? And lastly, um, are you doing these exercises of coming before God, um, coming before God in his word and coming before God in prayer? We know that it is not simply looking inwardly, like uh, remembering that story of, of Eustace and trying to claw and do it himself, uh, that this is something that we do through the help of God and through God's grace. So, one of the things that I'll encourage, uh, just something practical for this week, is dwelling on this passage. Go back to Ephesians chapter 4 and just read it. Give it some time and ask yourself, is God telling you anything in this passage? Is anything sticking out to you?
as much as we'd like to do this fix on our own, we know that we are in need of the healing from God. We pray for God's strength as we continue in this journey. Uh, Let's pray. Dear Lord, once again we sit in the reminder of your grace and we recognize how holy you are, how set apart you are, and we are so grateful that you show us your love, though we are not deserving. And as we bask in the light of your love, may it reveal to us what we need to change within ourselves. Give us strength and boldness to confront what is dark. Give us perseverance to practice gentleness and humility. May we practice these things as a community, as your body, that we may grow in imitation of who you are and reflect that into the world so much in need of hope. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope that you are encouraged and challenged in the message and through the work of the Spirit. Once again, if you want to learn more about Living Hope, you can find us online at livinghopecrc.ca.